Right now, I don't really have any friends that are into me. Yeah. So you need to go ahead and become one so I can be like, yeah, I got a homie that's a dentist. I know somebody that's a dentist. <laughs> I you got go you. Ahead yeah, go ahead and do that. That's, that's what's up, though. You know what? Speaking of that, you know, before that, let me introduce you. Um, welcome, everybody, to another hour in the Chicken and Liquor Hour. Uh, we got the homie here. We go way back. Uh, Louisville days. Uh, that's right. Louisville, not Louisville, as how, right. everyone, how everyone outside of Louisville pronounces it. We got my <laughs> homie uh, from back in the church days, all of that. Like We all just knew each other. And we used to have the ushers staring at us on Sundays when we all sit together <laughs> and be worried that they're going to tell our parents that y'all, they weren't listening to the sermon. Uh the the cool the very cool the funny the beautiful the very interesting on social media these days as well um and just the overall dope ass person my homie ashley's in the building so what's Aww, up though? thank you yeah, <laughs> shout out man how is life mm. you know what <laughs> life you know life is great it okay. really is life is good um there are things obviously that I would change, but uh, every day I just wake up and go to bed grateful. Through that, I'm just grateful that I still have my job. Yeah. I, I am grateful to have a job. So that's what's up. Speaking of this year, speaking of 2020, um, what has given you life, given you energy, brought you some type of peace in 2020? Because that shit's been hard to come around. The main thing is my children. Because with them, with them being so young, four and two, it's like I'm able to see life through their eyes. So I've started to be like a, more simple with my desires, with what makes me happy, with what I'm trying to achieve each day. And it helps out. I, have, I laugh a lot more. I don't worry about a lot of things. Um, they, they keep me young and like not too serious if you know what I mean there's the person in their 20s they keep me young <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 now oh yeah you did just turn 30 damn that is wow you are 30 bro shout out you old as hell yo you just <laughs> thought I was in my 20s <laughs> first of all you're gonna forever look like you about 21 <laughs> I hope so you're gonna, thank you <laughs> you're gonna look like you're 21 until you're about 67 probably pretty much <laughs> shout out my mama <laughs> shout out shout out to those jeans shout out so i started noticing you post a lot of like like fun dental facts like fun facts trivia facts or whatever like what got you started doing that like when did you start doing that because i think it's just pretty cool because i know it seems like it came natural to you and you wasn't like trying to let me do something to get attention or whatever but that's the dope thing about when something comes like natural and genuine to you people gravitate towards that. And I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards that because it's very different than what anyone else on social media is doing. And in 2020, it's hard to do something different that not everyone else is already doing on social media. So finding your little niche is really dope. Like, how did that like come up? Cause that's just what, I just think that's cool as hell. Thank you. Um, actually, dentistry has always been there. When I was in the military, I was, a dental tech I am a dental assistant so it's more so just showing what I naturally love what I already do with the internet I think 
the internet can be like a shallow place. So for a very long time, I didn't want to show like that I was smart or like talk about things. Still, dentistry is not a dinner, like a dinner conversation. You're not out with your friends talking about dentistry. So (laughs) (laughs) um, it took me a while. You know, I talked to my friends because I would post things. If you notice, I used to post just like pictures of myself. And that was just so boring to me. It was just right. so boring. And I deleted my Instagram so many times. And then this year, I think just doing like the self-searching and being like, okay, why do you care if, no, you know what I mean? Why do, why do you care if yeah. people know that you are obsessed with teeth? It's your job. You're, you're 10 years in at this point. It's literally what you're going to school for. You know, you're not ashamed yep. to talk about it with other people. Like, why not? So I just said, it. I'm going to show what I actually like if I look like the nerdy black girl, whatever, because that's what I am. So. Right. Do you, hold so, on, do you really consider yourself the nerdy black girl? 100%. Really? Why, like, have you always looked at yourself as the nerdy black girls? Yeah. Like, even back in the day when you was 14, 15, 16 years old, all of that. I would say yes, but the difference is that I was surrounded by the same like-minded type of people. Uh, okay. So, you know, like I went to a performing, I applied for my middle school. I went to a performing arts middle school. Oh yeah, you know? that is true. Yeah, that's true. I, I went to a performing arts high school. I, you know, my friends are communications and MST and we study music and my best friend played the violin. I played the clarinet and elementary school, you know what I mean? But it's just, yeah. we traded Pokemon cards on the way to the West End. Hold on, I didn't know that you was in, you was in the Pokemon, yo. I still watch Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, I'll, but see, what's funny is I felt like the outsider that I wasn't into stuff like Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and stuff growing up. So it's funny how people think how other people view them in a sense, because me growing up, I felt like the outsider and y'all, I thought they was a man. I was like, that seems pretty cool, but I'm just not into it. But damn, I'm the outsider. But now older, I see all the other people that was into stuff like that. They thought they were the outsider and they were the geeks and they didn't realize it was probably a lot more people that was into it than that wasn't. So that's just interesting to see that we all, the way we view ourselves and the way other people view us is usually totally different than what we think, you know? It is. It really, really is. Like, right. when I get messages and stuff, I'm like, okay. Like, I've never thought about myself that way. Okay. <laughs> well, that makes me think of this question, Dan. How do you think people view you? Like, what, what is one thing about yourself that you're sure people view you as, but you know that it's, like, totally off? Um, I would say that people probably think that I'm like super naive. I don't know if it's because I'm like the youngest sister or because I look young or because I keep a lot of things to myself. You know, it's not like I have deep conversations with people online or just random people or, you know? Yeah. So sometimes people um, address me as if like, I am 21 or like I haven't lived life or I don't have two children of my own that I'm raising, you know? (laughs) Yeah. See, when I I view you, but see, I mean, I know you a little bit. I mean, it's been Mm -hmm. some years since we've actually got to be around each other for real, for real. But 
I always look at you like you're definitely very goofy. And I don't think a lot of people who, if they just know like your social media persona or whatever, I don't think that they started seeing your goofiness come out and your silliness come out until like you, you started, I feel like you started posting a lot more this year. Actually, I think a lot of us probably have started posting a lot more uh, in 2020 because we have a lot more time to do it, to be honest. But Mm -hmm. I think that now your kind of goofy side is coming out, like your actual personality is coming out more. And when people are just men and women just posting pictures of the kind of the vain stuff, the how I look today and my shirt off or just whatever, like it's, it's so social media is so surface level uh-huh, and it it's is. just, wow. So now I, I, I feel like we see your personality a lot more, which is uh, really cool Aww. to see when you actually see people's personality coming out, you know, because you have an interesting personality. Like, I don't like, like we said, like, I don't think people would really, really think of that at first. Because I think because like we said, social media is so vain, it's just about how we look and stuff. So unfortunately they just see a pretty face and they not even looking or what to see what else is offered, you know, which is mm-hmm. kind of shitty. And then, cause I always think like with me, I'm not a pretty face. I mean, I'm a handsome guy, you know, you but I'm not. Guy. I'm, well, you know, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate <laughs> that. But like, I would on a scale of one to ten, I would say I'm about a seven. But which funny thing is, <laughs> we were somehow talking about that with my student staff, and mm-hmm. one of my students said, "Will, what would you give yourself on a scale of one through ten? And I said, "I was like about a seven, seven and a half. One of my students, gay white dude, he's sassy as hell. It's funny as hell. He goes, <laughs> mm, "You sure seven and a half, Will?" I was like, "Damn, <laughs> shit." I was like, damn, I'm glad that didn't hurt my feelings. If I was a little bit softer, that could have really killed my uh, confidence. That would have lingered. That would have lingered late at night. said, "Mm, I'm not sure, Will. You sure you're about a seven, seven and a half? But I always say, I'm like, my personality gives it, makes me about an eight and a half or a nine or something. And I feel like we have to have that confidence. I would have been too scared to say some shit like that, like five years ago or six, seven Mm -hmm. years ago, to be honest. But now I'm like, no, I know I have a... I'm a dope ass personality, y'all. Like, what are y'all talking about, bro? But like we said, uh, you just gotta find your niche, you know, on social media, especially if you want to kind of post more and, and be yourself, you gotta let your personality flourish. And we didn't know back in the day that there was a lot more people that were like us than mm-hmm. that wasn't, you know? Like we was actually way more interesting than we thought, but I thank God every day we didn't have social media growing up. I would have been- Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> I would have struggled if we had social media growing. I would have been comparing myself to everybody, you know. And I was fat. Remember back then, I was fat growing up too. So I would have been. Well, I was, I was thick with you. I was thick you, too. <laughs> when were yes. you thick, bro? Literally, my nickname is Bertha. I've had that name since birth. I'm not I'm joking. Re- but I remember hearing that name. But I never remember. I just remember hearing you. I remember hearing you called Bertha. But that's just one of those nicknames you don't question. You just like, you hear it. So I don't really think nothing of it. Just like like growing up, people in the neighborhood used to call me Duck. And I did not know. Okay, so when you first hear that, why do you think they called me Duck? Just like off your, of hearing mouth. It. your mouth. Nigga, I didn't know that until I was like 19 or 20, yo. And they was calling me that from when I was like five or six years old. <laughs> I was called that for 15 years before I realized, oh, they calling me duck because my lips are big. And no lie, and it's weird, I felt so um, self-conscious about my lips until I was like 
16, I think, and this one girl asked, she said, do you eat pussy, Will? And I was so offended. You know, me at 15, I'm like, oh, hell no, I don't do that shit. You <laughs> know that? disgusting. And, hell no, that's disgusting. I would never do that. And then, like, some of my homegirls broke it down to me. I was like, oh, I should be happy to have these big lips then. So never mind. But growing, if we would have had social media growing up, that shit would have been awful. I thank God every day we didn't have social media and camera phones. Oh my gosh. Awful. Like <laughs> so into I feel I honestly feel bad for the generation that is growing up with social media because oh my gosh. Yeah. Between all, all of the comments, all the opinions, all of the what they deem as beautiful or handsome or mm-hmm. what's in what your goals should be what like it is the most yeah <laughs> my, uh, my younger cousin when he was uh he's let's see I'm 32 now and I think he's 23 something like that and I remember when I was in uh college and Soldier Boy first came out it was around that area when Soldier Boy first came out and I'm only saying that because that makes me that lets us know exactly what time frame this was. When he first came right. out and he was talking about how much they was listening to Soldier Boy back home, blah, blah, blah. And he, I remember he said that we will post pictures, they will post pictures on Instagram or something with Soldier Boy captions and all of that. And it just made me think of, he said, if you don't get like a certain amount of likes within like 30 minutes or within an hour, they del- you delete your picture because you're embarrassed to not getting a certain amount of likes. I'm like, damn, there's times my grown ass will post a picture. I get six likes. I don't give a damn. Like I legit don't give a damn. So I couldn't imagine being a 13 year old, a 16 year old trying to keep up. First of all, it's wild that 16 year olds be out here getting thousands of likes. I didn't, I don't think I knew a thousand people when I was 16. <laughs> I don't think they know the thousand people that are liking their photos either. I don't think they know them. (laughs) Like, bro, like, I couldn't imagine being 16. No wonder, like, half the people who are, like, some of my students who are, like, 20, 21, all of that, they're so vain and into themselves. But it's like, I get it. Like, they constantly posting shit, and you got people putting hard eyes under every single picture, telling you how beautiful you are, how dope you are. If, If I'm 16, 15, I'm pretty sure that's going to my head. That's, yeah, especially if you're not being taught that you can be a very pretty person, but you still have to have some type of substance. You know, there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and also the internet is a bunch of highlights. It's your greatest days when you have on makeup, when you got this super cute outfit on, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot of times it makes people younger people that are very impressionable it makes them feel like that they always have to be that way I always have to look top tier you know and then if I'm not then I'm less than so that's the issue it translates to if I don't look like this then that means I suck or yeah I like that uh I like what you said calling it highlights I've never thought of it like that but literally being on social media is almost like watching sports center you're only going to get the best parts of the basketball game you're not gonna get you're, first of all you're definitely not gonna get over the summer when they in the gym practicing they're lifting weights or right. like training or whatnot you don't get that so now you shift that over to social media we don't see the shit behind the scene will help this person to lose 80 pounds or what or this person now because now you see everybody wants to post pictures of I've, i started this business six months ago now i have a hundred thousand yeah. orders 
And now we don't see when they actually, they say they started this business six minutes, six months ago, but they really started it a year ago. And the first six months, they weren't getting no orders. Yeah, they was losing money those first six months, but like somebody younger, not even somebody younger, people our age think the same way younger people think when it comes to the, oh, they did that in six months. I need to do it in four months now. Yeah. And now you are her mad because you're not you're not Jay-Z within two months or yeah. <laughs> you're not the greatest of all time within a year. And people forget, like, it took Jay-Z to become Jay-Z like 35 years. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. He wasn't considered, the, I mean, his first two, three albums didn't, didn't wasn't out there popping like crazy. Yeah, and nobody stuff, was like, really checking for him. Right. It's a slow, it's a slow burn, basically. But now... Shit, I've had to fall back from social media this year. Like, I'm usually, like, when I'm actually busy going to work and running errands and doing everything, I would just be on social media, like, at night, right before I go to bed. I'd be on there for about 10 or 15 minutes just scrolling through and seeing what happened. And now, like, me, especially working at higher ed, thank God, I mean, I have my job, but, like, we're off a whole lot more now. I am I really only go to work, like, twice a week, if mm-hmm. that. Like, pretty That's much nice. is once a it's once a week and I'm off until January already. Like I've been off since Thanksgiving and okay. yeah, I've been, <laughs> I basically, we got off Thanksgiving cause the students went home and it was like, don't bring y'all nasty asses back after Thanksgiving. Y'all going to take y'all finals from home. You keep your germs to yourself. <laughs> yes. Keep them germs to yourself. We're going to reconvene in January. So basically from Thanksgiving until the day after MLK day, I'm off work. So I guess so. Yeah. So I mean, I'm doing some stuff to work on. Like I got to put training together for my student staff. But I mean, that's on my own schedule. I can do that on my own. But having all this free time, that it's true. The uh, idle mind is a devil's playground. It really yes. is true. And yes. I mean, you hear those sayings, but you don't really, really deep dive into it until you going through it. And then I have all this free time. And like your mind be going all over the place. You can I catch myself uh, on Twitter scrolling through and like, damn, I don't put on weight during the quarantine. I, w- I remember when I used to look like that. And like now you don't realize when you say that that shit's really going into your head and you might say it in passing, but then you say it again on Tuesday. Then you say it on Thursday. And now you've been at home all day. Friday ain't went nowhere. And that shit's just fucking with you. So it, I'm, I'm glad we ain't have this shit back in the day because now at least at a old, at a time that I'm a grown man, I can probably deal with it a little bit better than I was 14. And really, I don't know if we actually dealing with it better than 14 year olds because we kind of all going through this for the first time at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I agree. One thing I did with social media that helped me is I unfollowed all of the people that made me feel bad about myself. So like oh, if right. I if I was on someone's page and I started to have those negative thoughts about myself or comparing myself, then I just unfollowed them. So now my feed is tailored to, to the points where I can get on social media and not have a negative thought, not have negative feelings about myself or, Oh, I wish I was that pretty or why I can't, this is a true story. Legit. There was this girl that I think is drop dead gorgeous. And she is. So I sent her page to Imani and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Why can't I look like this? You know? And so she does what Imani does, you know, tells me to stop talking shit about myself and, you know, (laughs) it tells me the positives. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So anyways, I unfollow her. And then like four months later, she ends up in 
a music video of someone that I absolutely love. And I'm like, all those feelings of comparison <laughs> came back. Yeah. So I, I call Imani and I'm like, look whose music video she's in. And she's like, <laughs> Ashley, like, we've already dealt with this. And I'm like, I know. I know. I just had to get it out. And then that was it. But, you know, like me being able to tell myself, you know, you're fine. And sometimes I have to go through a list. I have to go through a grateful list. I have to go through yeah. a, you are a badass list, you know, but yep. at the beginning of the year with me being single and all of these changes, social media was really, really having a negative impact on me. So just my little, those little practices and not saying negative stuff about yourself, because if you say something negative about yourself, you hear yourself. Yep. So a lot of times it's not other people's voices that are the small voices of negativity in our mind. It's our own voice. We're our own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, that's true because I've had a bad habit in the past where if I do something where I might deem as just stupid and why did I do it? I will tell myself like, oh, you are stupid as hell. Why the fuck did you do it? And that's how I would, I didn't realize I was talking to myself like that or realize it was such a bad thing until I started going to therapy a couple of years ago. And yeah. therapy just made me become more self-aware about uh -huh. the shit that I say to myself and that I do. Cause let's say I would, I mean, there's times where I do do stuff where I'm like, why did I do that? That was dumb because like, I, so a couple of weeks ago I was doing something in the kitchen and the knife, my one of my uh, knives was hanging off the side of the counter. And I said to myself, I legit said, move the knife back so it doesn't fall. But I was like, I'm almost finished. I'm not gonna knock it over. Knock that shit over, fall on my toe. And cut the hell out of my toe. And the first thing I said to him, and it hurt. And the first thing I said to myself, I'm like, shit, you're fucking done. Why did you do that? But that's made me, therapy made me realize I caught myself when I said it. Usually I used to just keep it moving. And we don't realize that that kind of like tallies up, you know, that tallies up that you done told yourself 17 times this week that you were stupid or you didn't compare yourself to someone else's Instagram page. 20 times since mm -hmm. since last night and it's easy to do because when we get bored you just sit there and just keep scrolling and scrolling like she's pretty she's pretty she's pretty her boyfriend's fine he's fine. like you'll keep comparing yourself and we don't realize the more we compare ourselves the more we're gonna kind of shit on ourselves you know yeah definitely yeah, yeah. And, so, and so i had to learn to catch myself and so now what i do is a lot of times I just say something I'm grateful for randomly throughout the day when I'm just sitting there quiet. I say something that I like about myself. Like, cause it's easy when we're comparing ourselves now. Well, we well, we talk down our, on ourselves like crazy. Like, you know what's weird for me though? I didn't realize until a couple of years ago, I would say until around 2015 that all the black women that I kind of like put on a pedestal, I didn't know that y'all had all these insecurities. Like. I thought that was just like, because I think it's because I thought, I think of you all as better than men and black men. And I used to not have a lot of confidence in myself. So people like black women was the ones who I put on the pedestal the highest. So it surprised me when I started hearing my homegirls talk about, no, I thought I was ugly or I don't like this about myself. I don't like that and talk about their insecurities. And I'll just be in my head thinking like, what are you talking about? You are dope as hell or you're funny <laughs> as hell. You're smart as hell. You're beautiful. 
And it just would trip me out that y'all actually had insecurities. And it's wild that I wouldn't think that y'all had insecurities. And I don't know why I wouldn't think so, because we're all human. But right. I think that's what happens when you put somebody on a pedestal. On a pedestal, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, for one, I didn't know I was on a pedestal. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't take it as a lot of, don't take it as pressure because it's not, it's not your fault or anything that someone would put you on a pedestal. Like that has more to do with the person that puts you on a pedestal than the person that is on the pedestal. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so shouldn't feel any pressure I like wouldn't feel any pressure that's more on me who was out here thinking like oh they're perfect they not dealing with the same kind of and they're not dealing with the same kind of mental issues I'm going through or feeling down on themselves like I just I would never think like I wouldn't think someone like you like you're the old me I'm not talking about right now but the younger will I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that someone like you would ever compare yourself to another woman because when I would see you, I'm like, she, she seemed, she's, when I seem, she's smart, she's funny, she's cool, down to earth, she's not like, um, think she's better than people, she's just a regular, cool ass, pretty person, so, <laughs> so, so, I, it, it's just, I would have never thought that people like you, like, I, I never thought my mother was having would have insecurities or my sister because I look at y'all I'm like damn they're I'm not crying my eyes are watering <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not crying <laughs> for the people who can't see she just keeps rubbing her eyes so it looked like she was crying <laughs> but no like I just never would have thought that y'all had like insecurities the same way that I did and I guess that just goes to show you how I view y'all and I think that y'all are better than most of most of y'all are better than most of us we'll put it like that saying that black women are better than black men no most people people i'm not just saying black men i'm just saying most humans period that black women are better than i mean we're top tier we're top tier i agree with you there (laughs) (laughs) no like at least in my life in my life black women have been like like you said, top tier, I guess, been there for me more than anyone else. And I have my set of homeboys and my brothers that are my brothers and that will always be there for me. I have yeah. some, I have white people in my life that I'm grateful to have that I realized uh-huh. that most of my, most of my black friends, most of my friends that are not white don't have a lot of great white people in their life. I've realized. So I'm grateful to have some of those, but yeah. black women are the ones that I realized, like if I've I remember, like been in college, and I would get drunk and me, I'm already an emotional person. So if I think some dude that said something crazy to a homegirl I'm with, I'm ready to fight. And though <laughs> the, the black women are always the ones to like really be there to either have my back and ready to fight with me or to calm me down or some shit like that or whatever. Or like black women in my life are the ones who have always uh, made me feel like I'm capable of more than what I think I'm capable of. When I'm like feeling insecure about something, I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do this. It's always either my sister, my mother, a homegirl, whatever, that always encourages me or whatever. So it's just, wow, I wonder, like, what did God put in Black women that gives gives y'all that kind of, that more encouraging trait that makes you feel love? Like, you know, I remember a couple years ago, they would have these videos, like, when you, uh, 
when a black woman showing you love or something. And uh-huh. like, it was a white dude that he showed like a white woman barely recognizing him, really didn't care. And then he showed mm-hmm. all these black women hugging him. And he was just like, a hug from a black woman means more than anything. And it's true, yo, like. <laughs> That's amazing to hear. There, <laughs> there are not a lot of um, men that feel that way. Like, well, I don't know if they feel that way, but it's just, it's nice to be praised as a black woman because a lot of times, especially on the internet, black women are put down or like even in my personal experience sometimes guys are just like oh my gosh black girls have such an attitude or this is why I like so and so or you know so so okay so I want to ask you on that because I'm not a woman I'm not specifically I'm not a black woman obviously and like (laughs) the people that are the black men in my circle aren't like the black men I see on Twitter actually I think I just, I just think the Those people Twitter in guys. real life, yeah. I just think overall the people in real life are not like Twitter folk, period. Like Twitter folk, I just don't know them in real life. So I, most of my homegirls, yeah. black homegirl, black friends, black female friends, always talk about, you know, black men are this, black men are that. So I'm going to ask you on that, like, do you feel like overall that black women aren't loved by the larger population of black men. We're not, I mean, obviously we know not every black man, but like, do you think it's more black women, I mean, more black men that aren't supporting, protecting and loving black women? Hmm. I, I don't know if, I mean, okay. If we are talking about what is like shown in America, you know, aside from- either way. Okay, in my experience, like, well, here's the thing. I date black men, but I date black men that have a little bit of, a little bit of something, something in them. So a lot of times I'm dealing with two, di- two different cultures, whether it be black and oriental, black and Spanish, black and whatever so You got to explain that. You got to explain that because some people would take that. When you say do 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 might think that, you know, black men that are a little gay. Especially, oh, I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, they. so I'm only gonna post clips of this. I'm not gonna post the entire video. Okay. So, okay, so, yeah, I, so I, <laughs> in my experience, I've dated biracial men. So I'm usually dealing with two cultures and their mom or whomever is raised them is not the black person. So, mm. you know, like his mom is Thai, his mom and is that's Spanish. different, yeah. So it's different because, um, I I think I've only maybe dated one guy that was all black and our connection was different. He did have a different reverence for black women um, yeah. and the way that he respected and the, the pedestal that he put him on. But when it comes to different cultures, uh, I, I haven't experienced that. Not until, if I'm being 100% honest, yeah. not until like um, maybe the end of last year, did I even start to talk to someone that made me feel like this shit because I was a black woman? Really? Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So do you, so like most of my homegirls, I've, I've had at least every one of my black female friends have told me there's been at least one black man that has said, I don't date black women. Have you like, have you had those, have you had a black man say that to you? Like, do you know that type of person? Well, when I say personally that you just met them at least once, not saying they're one of your friends or anything. 
yeah, 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 yeah. I've met that guy before. That's wild. I legit, and I knew that it was out there, so I wasn't trying to pretend like black women lying. It ain't black men saying that. Right. But I didn't know it was so many that was it out there saying lot. that. And so <laughs> I, if, it, it's like, at first I want to say, these niggas is just saying it for Twitter. They're not really living like that. But now I'm just like, damn, it might be one out of every, what, five black men that might not, well, I ain't gonna say that because I, all of my friends in my circle all are married to, engaged to, or date black women, or unless they're gay, they date black men. But, <laughs> but, but like, I, so I don't personally know or have any of those type of dudes in my circle or whatnot. So it's just wild to hear that because I think most of the time, unfortunately, I look at the world from my lens. So I look at the world on how I think and how I see things or whatever. So whenever I start hearing that shit, I'm like, that's wild as hell that I I just can't fathom or figure out why a black man would say they don't want to date a black woman. Like, I understand if you just happen to meet some woman that's outside of your race and you fall in love with her. But if you are like steadfast and saying, I have to meet a woman outside of my race because I don't fool with black women, like that's wild. And all their complaints about black women are usually just complaints about any woman period so it's just wild that they (laughs) specifically single out a black woman like that's like when they say black women's got too much attitude hey bruh most women have attitude fam so i don't know what you talking about bruh that's just women so i mean i don't know it's just weird as hell i i could never yeah i i get that sometimes i don't know if it's the company that well like at work or whatever or how I speak, whatever it is. People ask me that, how do you feel about black guys that don't date black women? And I 100% do not care because right. any any guy with that mindset isn't gonna be someone I'm looking to date. Correct. So unless those words come out of my two sons' mouth, then we're gonna have a conversation about it. But your preference is your preference. The issue is when you are trying to put another race above black women because of your preference you like what you like i like what i like cool just don't down black women because of your preference yeah and so that's and and that's what i always see the argument like bro you can like what you like but you don't have to down black women just because you're dating a white woman or a hispanic woman or whatnot but i will on the other hand i will say i have seen i got two homegirls i remember specifically one night we was all hanging out. They had never met my homeboy. And one of them was like, oh, your homeboy is cute. I'm like, is he single? I'm trying to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, oh, he just broke up with his girlfriend. But if you want to try that, go ahead and try it. <laughs> and so they was talking and stuff. And so he showed them his Instagram and he showed that his ex-girlfriend was a white girl. And my homegirl was already flipping out. I was like, see, that's why I don't fuck with niggas. Messing with white girls. I'm like, he never, he, it ain't like he dissed you or said anything about black women. And so right. I also see a lot of that on Twitter. You see both of it, where you see the black men wilding out and being disrespectful. But then you also see that as soon as a black person, period, these days, not just a black man, but now it's turning into something crazy that as soon as a black person posts a picture and they might be dating or married to a white person, people are wilding out nowadays. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just wild to see that people are so angry when a black person dates out of their race now. Like, and like, yeah. you don't even, it's not even like you disrespecting black people. You just happen to date 
someone that's not black, but people are wilding out, which is yeah. wild to see. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> who you have sex with won't make me come. Just don't down my people, you know? <laughs> Just don't, don't down my people and do what you like. Bruh, that might have to be the tagline for this podcast. <laughs> who you have sex with won't make me come. <laughs> She's so stupid. I mean, that's how I always feel like. When I see people getting so wound up and angry on Twitter, it just trips me out. I don't have the energy to get angry with like strangers on Twitter. Like it just takes yeah. a lot of energy. It's it, kind of weird. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, re- uh, I think you Uh-oh, replied to. <laughs> I saw you reply <laughs> to somebody on Twitter. They was just some. They was basically saying something along the lines of, "Twitter is gonna kill who I or Twitter is just a distraction. Is this, this, that, and that?" And you oh, was mm-hmm. like, "Social media is just what you make it. If you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not basically, if you're not fucking with it, you just got to get off and stop looking at shit. Kind of like what you said earlier. You start uh, unfollowing people who make you feel bad about yourself, and it has nothing to do with them." But you know, for you, for my sanity, I got to fall back. And that was, that's how it was for me. I had to kind of just, I started, I started learning, maybe I can post today, but I'm not going to scroll through and look at people's posts or whatever. So I take a couple of days, I always to make sure I'm intentional about taking a couple of days off from social media. And maybe I might post, like, you'll see some posts from me. But I ain't been looking at nothing else because a nigga be stressed and that shit's just only gonna make it worse. I can't do it. So Yeah. Yeah. On my on my Instagram, it probably looks like I'm very active. Like I'm posting <laughs> all the time. And but when it comes to my content, for one, all of my content is all pre-done. Like I have two weeks of content left of yeah. you know, so I post that stuff. I have an app that can post for you. And then sometimes yep. my, my stories are pre-recorded. So yep. sometimes it looks like I am on Instagram all day or I am on my stories doing all of this stuff. And I literally haven't even been on Instagram five minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so And that's a part of that facade of social media. Like it, yeah. it'll look like you're on there all day making this. It's like, bro, I recorded this last Thursday. Today is the next Thursday. I, I recorded yeah. all this shit a long time ago. It's just when you decide what you want social media to be for you with anything. So if you want it to be a business venture or an encouraging Mm -hmm. thing or whatever, you know, now if you want it to be something to where people, even if you want just the attention and you want people to tell you how pretty you are, there's still a way that you can do that. And you're not on your phone all day. (laughs) You don't have to be on your phone all day to where it's draining your energy or to where you're not being productive or, you know? Yep. So, yeah, so true. and that's the biggest thing. And I actually had a conversation yesterday with one of my friends and she's like, I know you're a private person, but you should really just show a little bit more of yourself on social media. So I appreciate when you said like, oh, we're starting to see your personality more and it's not terrible or it's not like super <laughs> creeping, super creeping me out. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um and you've managed to still like start showing your personality more, but still being private. And I think that's a uh, that's a dope thing when people are able to do it because you yeah. you often feel like you know someone's entire life because there's a lot of people that post 
that'll post their kids every single day, every 15 minutes. You see everything that their kid is doing throughout the day. You know mm-hmm. when someone's going through a divorce. You know if someone is dealing with a significant other that's cheating on them. You know if someone mm-hmm. is, you just like know, like there's some people, when I see the shit that they post, I'm like, I can't believe they posting that yeah. type of stuff. Like you, you literally can go through someone's breakup from what initially happened. Like you can go through <laughs> someone's social media and by, by their tweets, you can tell, oh, something's going on. Then you can tell that, oh, they just broke up with them. And you, oh, they got back together. They broke up again. They're arguing again. Like you see the entire timeline of their relationship, which is just wow. So it's just that social media facade. I, I kind of go through the same thing where people are like, we'll be drinking all the time. I'm like, you know, some of those, half those videos that I post of me cooking and stuff, I'm not really drinking. I'm just making it yeah, look and it's like it's a part like, of your like brand, you know, it's a part yeah. of your title. Yeah. Like there's times where I'm like legit in a video pouring the alcohol into a glass. And when I get done recording, I pour it back into the bottle. I do yeah. that all the time. Where and then there's times like one of my homegirls was like, Your videos be tripping me out because it's like early part in the video, you don't have a shirt on and it's just your apron and you got a pick in your head. But then the next part, you got a hoodie on with your apron over your hoodie. I was like, I did one part last mm-hmm. night when I was marinating the chicken. And then when I got the chicken out to put it on the grill, I did that part that next day. And I've definitely had people like, I mean, you be bored. I bet you be doing hours doing this. I'm like, yo, it took me 10 minutes. Uh-huh. It took me five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people just see that facade of social media and they just think, whatever they think, they, th- they make that That's their, their truth. reality. Their perception yes. is their reality. And that's yeah. what social media has become. And it's scary. It, it is scary that whatever we see on social media, if we agree with it, we make it our reality. And for me, everything I see on there, I'm like, oh, it probably ain't just like that. It's probably not that or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Not anymore. I, I'm not but, super into social media or other people's lives or. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting, isn't it? It's boring to me. There you go. Yes, you know what? That's perfect. It's boring because I legit do not care. It's not that I, I don't want to say I don't care because I do care about stuff going on in other people or whatever. I hope they're okay, you know, all yeah. that stuff. But I have enough going on in my life then to try to put my concern into what's going on over there. Like when I've gone on uh, dates with girls in the past, and all they're talking about is celebrity gossip the whole time. It's not me throwing shade at them, but I don't fucking know what's going on in these. I don't even know who half these celebrities are anymore. Like the older yeah. I get, I don't know who they are anymore. <laughs> they be saying names. And I'm like, who the fuck is like, bro, um, who is this white dude that was on Saturday Night Live uh, yesterday? I was looking at a YouTube clip up. Timothy Chalamet or something like that. I don't know who the fuck this is, but apparently he's hella famous. I mean, he's white famous, so you know that's he's different. He's a singer. Uh, I think he's an actor. Actually, let me Google this dude. Let me let me just go ahead and look him up right now, cause. But I didn't know who he was, like uh, yesterday, and I've always see people like post tweets about him, whatever. But I still mm-hmm. never took the energy to even go and be like, let look me figure up. out. Yeah, I just I didn't care. Oh, he's an actor. Yeah, he's What's a young actor. Timothy Chalamet. He's from New York. No. 
I'm going to have to look him up after this. I'll look him up after this. <laughs> he was in, let me see if there's something that I've seen. No, I've legit never seen any movie that he's ever been in or any TV show that he's, wow. I don't know who the fuck he is, but I will see people post like, um, when they talk about, uh, what's the rapper's name? Uh, young boy, um, NBA, NBA young boy or something like that. <laughs> I sound old as shit. Why, you I'm might look sure. older than me with your face. <laughs> Whoever, <laughs> there's some rapper who is dating Lil Wayne's daughter. That's all I know. And now I know who Lil Wayne's daughter is. I know who that is. And that, that's Regine, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure okay. who she's dating. Right, but it's some rapper. I think it's NBA Youngboy or something like that. But I have, I was hanging out with this girl and she was talking about, I can't believe what Regine blah, blah, blah did. And I How was just old like, was she, William? She, I promise, she was like 27. She was not young, bro. I promise she's like 27. And for <laughs> me, I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just legit didn't know what the hell I don't know about like celebrity gossip anymore I didn't I don't know about just hardly anything that's going on that's popping on social media anymore I legit I've I've learned that over the past year I've really been in my own little bubble and like my my little bubble is my loved ones the people I care about my Mm -hmm. creative projects whatever my job paying bills yeah and trying to not go crazy that's yeah. my bubble. So I don't have time or energy to give a shit about what Future said about Sierra or anything <laughs> like that. I really, I really don't know. And I do I don't enjoy wanna... some pop, I like pop culture, but it just depends on who it is. I do like, I like being able to turn my mind off and look at certain yeah. things. If I'm having a TV day, I don't really watch TV. I watch, the boys watch TV, but Sometimes I'll text my friends and like, what, what should I watch right now? Or what, you know, what's in, yeah. what's, what's something, usually it's what's something that's going to make me laugh or what's a romance or something like that. But Are those your go-tos? Like when you just want to chill, relax, have something just to play and maybe you're not necessarily paying attention that hard. Are those your like go-tos? Because for me, I love to turn on a comedy I yeah. love, I always used to get made fun of for this back in the day, but I love romantic comedies. That's my shit. Me too. Good yeah. rom-com and some wine. <laughs> oh yeah, I love some. Bruh, you know as well, this just made me think about, so transitioning, but this made me think about how back in the day, I used to get called gay for so many things that are like popping what? down. Who called you oh, gay? Yeah. A lot of people, especially, specifically, like probably my last year or two in high school in my first couple of years in college that i love your face right now your face is because <laughs> i'm a little bothered and i'm a little upset about it like <laughs> bro i used to have hella people that would you know i won't say hella people because we be over exaggerating shit but there was a nice amount of people that when i so in college i used to drink mimosas and i do just by anything games he'll drink mimosas I remember my homegirls would tell me about other girls asking them, is Will gay? That nigga be drinking wine and shit. I'm like, bro, wine is good. What are you, what are y'all talking about? Because for me, I realized early on that women love drinks like wine and mimosas and candles and R&B and shit. So I was like, shit. So in high school, I mean, you know me, I was raised around hella women. I was always around women. So I was making sure I had incense and candles and wine and like 
I get fruity I drinks. What you say? Yes, I gotta walk to my car. Okay. But yeah, I made sure to have all that. So I used to get called gay for loving margaritas and mimosas and shit, which is hilarious because now that shit's popping. Oh, yeah, definitely. That shit's it's popping just, as hell. I think it just goes, I mean, there are some, you know, when you grow up and especially like if you're in the black community, hyper masculinity, if you're not hyper masculine, then you are gay. It's like there's two extremes that they expect yeah. from men. So thankfully, this year, it's like, you don't have to be that in order to be <laughs> a man. Like it's actually a lot of the hyper masculine men that I know are actually idiots. Their conversations are boring. <laughs> they're very shallow. They, you know, can't, they're not intriguing, you know? Right. So. Yeah. I was never those stereotypes. That's so annoying. <laughs> that people said that to you and negative comments always stick out the most, you know? Right. Yeah, it's wild because the negative comments never really affected me like that much, but yeah. they are something like obviously to this day, I still remember the exactly. negative uh, comment. I still remember it. So it doesn't affect me so negatively, but I yeah. do remember that shit. So it just trips me out because now I see everything that's like popping or whatnot, especially for men to do now. I used to get clown. Like, I remember I was getting clown for going to get a, a manicure and pedicure. I started getting that shit in high school because that yeah. shit felt good. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I fucked with that. And so I used, get, I used to get clown for that, for drinking margaritas, drinking mimosas. Um, back in high school, I used to listen to like Justin Timberlake or Usher on the school bus and they would clown me. But yeah, I didn't you give gotta a shit. remember, like, where were you riding the school bus from? You know what I mean? From the West End. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's the equivalent of me listening to my Backstreet Boys coming from Garland all the way. You know what I mean? I mean like I had you to, damn right. I had to have my headphones on. Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. Catching that school bus on 42nd Street. And uh, we on, I'm on 42nd Street riding that bus. And some some nigga some uh some hard ass nigga what you listening to bro and I'm yeah. like uh I'm like uh Justin Timberlake he's like let me listen and then he listened for like twenty seconds this shit gay as hell get the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's not funny but that is was, true it, I mean it's not funny but it's funny like they're it right. is <laughs> I swear in high school I'm over listening to Coldplay and, and they're all. <laughs> Honestly, Coldplay's concert was the second best concert I've ever been to in my life. Are uh, you been to a Coldplay concert? Oh my God, it was the best. Like they handed out glow sticks. We had wristbands that changed colors with the music. It was amazing. Right underneath Beyonce, I swear. How I old were you when you went to that one? I was, I already had Gray, didn't I? Was it, did I already have him? No, so I had to be maybe 23, 24. Oh, shout out. That's dope. Go listen to Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coldplay is dope Coldplay. as hell. But it's wild yeah. because now, now we kind of, not even kind of, we encourage, we support it when Black people are listening to music like that now. But back in the day, we kind of, I was like kind of hiding when I was listening to Maroon <laughs> 5. Like, I love Maroon 5, but I was kind of hiding it because people were climbing. But I was like, this shit is dope. I'm My ass was listening to 1970s R&B music. And you know what's funny is that every black person was listening to Maroon Five. You know, that is true. That is but true. it just—it's just being able. 
feeling confident and comfortable to be yourself. And that is what I wish was more like on the internet because there's always at least one, two or three people that literally have the same insecurities as you or yeah. like the same thing as you or, you know, and you could be the person that helps that person feel more confident to help the next person feel right. more confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, because we were all listening to Maroon 5. We listened to Maroon 5 at home, but we also listened to DMX. We also listened to Corrupt. You know what I mean? Like, right. Listen to Maxwell, yeah. listen to Ashley Brothers, like all the Don't above. get me on Maxwell. Oh my God. Why? What about Maxwell? You know, I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I love What do you Maxwell. love about Maxwell? I, hmm, wow, it's a long list. Let me just shorten it a bit. He's that very sounds per- sexual. That sounds sexual. The way she said, mm, Maxwell. <laughs> I love Maxwell. Um, I like how creative he is how he taught himself so many instruments, how he, you know, he gives back. He's very um, active in his community, in his mom's, in his dad's country, um, in the way he performs. It just reels you in. What country? Is he not, uh, where's he, is he not, uh, what's he's his ethnicity? From Brook- he's from Brooklyn, but he is Haitian and black and i want to say he's got a sprinkle of puerto rican in there i never knew that but that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense though hey i will tell you that nigga smooth as shit I, he's so I, I smooth swear, i swear if i was a woman i'd probably be like god dang this nigga's voice is really really getting to me honestly <laughs> maxwell could dm me today and <laughs> i would drop everything pack up my children and go <laughs> So look wise, Maxwell with the haircut or Maxwell with all the hair? Which one with you the hair. like with the hair? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, his mother's Haitian and his father's Puerto Rican. Yes. Wow. He's Haitian and Puerto Rican. Damn. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like here for a little well, yeah, we, a year, a little over a year. I like, I've been trying to get to Texas since I did basic training in Texas, which was 10 years ago. And then my best friend lives in Houston. Um, you know, Samaria lives in Dallas. And then yeah. I have a friend that lives in Austin too. So oh, every damn. time I came to visit, yeah, I'm like, I need to be here. So, I mean, that's the way the chips fell for me to get here, but I love it. I want to stay. I don't leave my house much now, obviously due to COVID, Yeah, but it's a vibe like it's just in the air and I, I like it I want to stay here yeah I was up for a job in Dallas um right before I moved to Atlanta it was around this time so um summer 2019 uh-huh. um I was up for uh so about a year and a half almost two years ago I was up for a job at University of uh University of Dallas in Texas or whatever so um, I had, it was between this job here in Atlanta, where I am now, that job in Dallas, and then a job in Chicago that I was choosing between. And the job in Chicago, first of all, I was like, Chicago's gonna have to pay me a lot of money because they're expensive and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's cold as shit. And after living yeah. in Florida for six years, yeah. it's hard to go back to that shit. Like, it, ooh, it is. Oh, it was so hard. So then it was between Dallas and Atlanta. 
And I remember when I interviewed there, they was all like, man, you will love Dallas. They said, they was like, it's a, it's a great young professional scene here. A lot of uh, young black people as well. They was like, uh, there's a lot of stuff to do. There's a good uh, job market. And of course the, uh, the cost of living is not too high. When I was looking at rent prices and shit, I was like, this is cheap as hell. This is beautiful. So in Dallas? Yeah. In Texas, period. It's way better uh-huh. than most of the rest of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, agree. I was looking at so it was between Dallas and Atlanta, but you know, Janae had just got pregnant. So I wanted to be uh close to her. And uh I wanted to just be here as my nephew grew up. It, I just wanted to being in Florida and being around, being away from most of my family for uh, being 10 hours away for them for the last six years. I was like, man, yeah. I do want to be closer to some somebody in my family. Like, cause it's not like I had kids or anything. So I wasn't around right. nobody in Florida. It was just me. So it was, and then of course, I mean, Atlanta's a dope city. It's a cool city. So it's not like moving to Atlanta would be a bad decision, but, right. but yeah, I know everyone, every friend that I have that has moved to Texas loves texas <laughs> love it i love yeah. it what what's something that you've uh that you love about since you've uh, lived in texas how long you been there a little over a year july was oh, okay. a year okay so what have you loved about uh texas then i love just being being able to hop on the road and go to my friend's house like and i like because where i lived in florida you know pensacola Destin area it's a small town so I love being Redneck. back in a city and it's a, yeah, it's a big city to where I have tar- I can walk to Target. <laughs> yeah. I have everything at my fingertips. Um, the people are kind here. Where I live, the people are kind and it's, it's nice. It's a good, when I mean like a vibe, like I know you, you live in Atlanta. Right. I do not like Atlanta for some reason, <laughs> just the energy of, yeah. um, like Atlanta or being in inland states, I do not like be living in inland states. I feel yeah. like I can feel that I'm completely bordered, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could be because I lived in Florida for so long. So I don't like inland anything. So I like Texas. I loved California. I love Florida. Things like that. But yeah, that's that's the biggest thing about Texas is the location to my friends because it's important to live, like you said, by family and by friends, because when you're yep. all alone, it gets super lonely. Yep. That is true, though. Like, and I, I get what you mean about Atlanta, because there are things that I just do not like about here. But then there are things that I do like, like especially after living in Tallahassee for six years, which is more, it's closer to a college town than a big city. So yeah. like you said, being able to walk the target, just having places that are open later at night now yes. I enjoy I, because uh-huh. I mean people I don't know if people realize or not but Florida has way more small towns than big cities you know right. so mm-hmm. all those small towns and college towns in Florida and shit places close at 11 and especially yeah. <laughs> and that was when I was in my uh early 20s and shit I'm up late. Like, and that was when I was, yeah. I was getting high and then I'm hungry at two o'clock in the say morning. you're always hungry when something's closed. <laughs> like, it was so frustrating. It's two o'clock in the morning and I'm starving. And now the only thing open 
it's Walmart. So I'm like, well, let me go to Walmart and get some chips and some bread and lunch meat right. to make a sandwich. So exactly. I, but I, I know that um, a lot of people, like I, my uh, my cousin, he lived in San Antonio for like a year or so for his job or whatever. And he said he loved living there. And I feel like a lot of people, and I got another friend that's from San Antonio. And a lot of people I hear say what they love about San Antonio is that it's, it's a big city, but it still can give you those kind of small town vibes where it's not overwhelming and not too crazy or whatever, but you get whatever you need from a big city. Yep. Yep. I agree. It's a great balance. And even Houston, because if I, I want to move to Katy, Texas, I would love to, I look at properties there to buy to to Katy, Texas. It's right outside of it's Houston, but you know, just not the downtown. It's like a suburb. It's like a suburb of Houston, basically. It's more of like how you spell it. K A T Y. Oh, you said K. It's like okay. um, it's just a little further out to where you're not in the mix of okay. the city life, but you're close enough to where you could drive 20, 30 minutes and be in the mix. You know. Oh, that's perfect, then. Yes. So that I would love to move there, because I do like a quieter area for like residential area i like you know the small town vibe of that with raising kids and stuff but i also like to be able to drive and get in the mixy mixy you know so <laughs> you, you really do sound like a mama get in the mixy mixy <laughs> <laughs> you already you was already low-key kind of like i feel like you low-key kind of like them corny jokes and goofy joke dad jokes i would say dad type of jokes and now, and you a mama too, like you mix that, like you do have that little corny goofiness. So <laughs> shout out, shout out to the corny and goofiness of whatnot. That's so funny. Yes. When I post my dental, my dental jokes, man, I, I don't know if you guys are laughing, but I am honestly cracking up when I'm posting. Them. Like you, you know what now? I see what you mean with nerdy, because I'm thinking of you, and I'm thinking about back in the day and the little <laughs> like dad jokes you would have even back in the day, and then you being excited to post like dental facts. You are kind of I see what you mean with nerdy. I, I definitely see it. Nerdy. No, go back. Go back to the part where you thought I was super cool. No, go back nah, to that part where you thought nah, I was we've really moved cool. On now too late. We've gone too far. Gone too far, like Drake said. Gone too far. So far gone. We so far gone, like Drake said. We now see it. You you are nerdy, bro. That's so that's so adorable. That's what that is. That's adorable. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, William. <laughs> <laughs> and the hearing you call me William, you have legit always called me William. Yeah. Like, from, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's always that. It's always one person in my life that calls me William, and I don't know why. That is just certain of y'all that it just falls so easily off your tongue to just call me William. But there's always one person in my life that calls me William, and now there's always there's also always one person in my life that calls me Squilliam. That's very popular with people. Squilliam? Yeah, because I think that's a SpongeBob SquarePants thing. I've never watched SpongeBob, so I don't know. You've never watched SpongeBob? I No lie. I've legit never watched one episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. So when people be having jokes about it, I don't know what the fuck people be talking about. What? Yeah, I've... I don't know, that's man. I, I guess when people was... What was I... 
What was I watching instead? (laughs) Right. What was I doing instead of watching SpongeBob SquarePants? I think I was. That had to be. I would say probably high school, late middle school. When did SpongeBob SquarePants even start coming on? I can't even. Yeah, that would be like middle school, high school. Yeah. Let's see. Let me make sure. Get these years right. SpongeBob SquarePants first started in 1999. Oh shit! I know it started that long ago. Yeah, it still comes on too. Damn. So when it first started, so not even when it first started, but I feel like it got hella popular by the time I was in probably middle school, high school, whatever. I'm pretty sure in high school, what was I even watching on TV? I have Moesha. I don't know when did Moesha. <laughs> one-on-one uh the parkers um yeah we watched but that was all at nighttime that came right you're right yeah <laughs> i don't think to be honest i don't think in high school i don't think i was really watching cartoon i was like okay so growing up middle school era i was watching wrestling all the time i was watching wrestling that's also when yeah. i started getting into music so i was making beats all the time so i wasn't really watching i guess that's true i i think when I look back, it's kind of similar to now. I'm not watching TV because I was always trying to create something. And back then, I was creating beat. I was making beats and doing music and stuff. And you know what's yeah. funny? What's funny is I remember in elementary school and middle school, I used to make my own radio shows. Like I legit would uh, get my sister's boombox and get a, a empty cassette tape. And I would start recording like my own radio shows and I would do people calling in and I would disguise my voice to sound like different callers. Like they was calling into the radio show, <laughs> requesting songs and shit. I was doing, I was doing That's that like cool. crazy. <laughs> I was, I was definitely cool, doing though. that. Yeah. And that's, I wonder if my mama still got any of those cassette tapes. Cause I was definitely, I would call in trying to do a girl's voice, trying to do some trucker's voice, trying to do a deep voice. <laughs> And all of that, that is so wild to hear. I was doing like 10 or 12 voices and I would legit record like a 30 minute radio show. And then I would uh, play a song, record one of my sister's CDs for like 10 seconds playing a song and then be a caller calling in talking about wish my girl happy birthday y'all and all of that. So (laughs) I guess, so I guess I wasn't really watching a whole lot of uh, cartoons or different stuff because I was doing that. And I always, for me, like we said, looking back or whatever, I always thought that I was weird for doing that. So I didn't always tell a lot of people I was doing that because I thought people was going to think it was lame. But I actually think people would have thought it was cool if I would have said something. 100%. I think so. <laughs> so, so I guess I probably... Yeah, like, you're not, I don't think you're... Honestly, my sisters still call me weird. Like, <laughs> I think... I mean... So, I mean, it's really not even a derogatory term at this point. It's no, just, it's it not. is what it is. <laughs> I wish more people could know <laughs> the dynamic. I wish more people could know the dynamic of you and your sisters because y'all are so similar and so different. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on, let me switch you to my... What happened? Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, did you hear what I said? No, you said you wish people. Oh damn! I said I wish people would know could know the dynamic between you and your sisters because y'all are like so similar and so different at the same time. 
y'all are very yeah we are very different yeah (laughs) i don't even think people know a lot of people don't even know i have sisters like i mean you know that because i grew up with you 100 percent. oh wow (laughs) people don't know that i have sisters that's so funny bro and i mean once again (laughs) i'm looking at it from my point of view i grew up with y'all so i know y'all and and i y'all was if we yeah. walked into church, y'all was all together, like all of that or whatever, specific, specifically you and uh, Abria, I mean, special because April's a little older, so she might have been already moved away, gone to college or anything like that or whatever. But um, oh, for people to know, yeah. uh, Ashley's older sister and my, uh, Ashley's oldest sister and my older sister went to elementary school together. Like they went to elementary school together, middle school together. Uh, didn't go to high school together, but they've known each other since they was like fucking five, six, seven years old, which is, uh, which is crazy as hell to know that known each other that long, or whatnot. And then I guess me and Abria, that's why, because I think Abria is two years older than me, and then you're, and then I'm two years older than you, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's just fun, but y'all are all like so different and very similar at the same time though. Like, what, so what was, what was that like having like, it's three of y'all, like three sisters. Like, what is that dynamic like? Like, what was your childhood like being around y'all three or whatever? It was very entertaining. (laughs) Hold on, wait a minute. First of all, (laughs) y'all all all have some entertaining, very unique personalities. Y'all have very unique personalities there one of y'all is aggressive and cuss you out for real for real in your face like I feel like all three of y'all will cuss a nigga out but y'all cuss it out differently (laughs) nah I I don't know I mean something something would come out in you bro something would come out in you not like not like your two not like your sisters it would when I say cuss out there's different styles of cussing out because my mother my mother cusses someone out in a Christian way. Like she doesn't use any cuss words or whatever, but you felt what she said and you like, damn. She like, she can make you really feel bad or feel feel sorry. Yeah. Like Janae's gonna, my sister's gonna cuss you out without cuss words. She's not gonna use cuss words or whatever. Yeah. So, and that shit just makes you feel different. Like, damn, she just really got me without any <laughs> cuss words or whatever. <laughs> but I feel like your sisters will use the cuss words I almost feel like you won't. Like you'll cuss them out in a nicer way. It depends on how upset you get me, yeah. Correct. There's but, probably a handful of people that can say that I curse them out. Right. But like you said, you said it was entertaining. Why was it entertaining? Yeah. Um, it was entertaining because all of us are so different. And yeah. honestly, I know my sister, we're girls, but we didn't, I mean, Maybe it's because of how we were raised, but we have male mindsets. Yeah, I, I will definitely agree. Y'all definitely do. Y'all have that stereotypical gender role male mindset. Yes, y'all do. Yeah, so it was just like having brothers. Like, it's like my mom had three sons and girl bodies, which she would just always say. Low you know, key, she, though. She's like, I prayed for boys and I got boys, but you guys, I got some boys with titties and vaginas. So it's a little different. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. It really, really was fun. It helped me be just like very resilient in life. 
if I'm being yeah. honest. A lot of things don't phase me. Because Why do you think, yeah, my bad, go ahead. Why do you think that made you more resilient or not made things not phase you? I think because, you know, when you grow up in a house that you constantly getting joked on, you, you're you <laughs> right. fighting with your words, you're fighting physically, you know, you guys compete with each other, but you also uplift each other. There's a lot of love, but there's also a lot of like, you know, aggression and, you know, it's a good, it was a, a melting pot of a lot of different emotions and a lot of different instances that if once you dealt with it in life, it's like, oh, I already did that. Like my sisters used to tell me that, or right. my mom made me do this, or my uncle taught me how, like my uncle literally, my uncle is military. When we were younger for fun, he taught us a game called war. <laughs> so we would turn off all the lights in the basement and we would have to feel around to get to the other side. <laughs> I'm like seven or eight playing war or literally <laughs> mimicking how soldiers in the field would go make through it. the dark, go through the darkness <laughs> at like, seven. You know, like I didn't get shot today. I made it to the other side. You died. Whatever. Like, <laughs> ha suckers. Y'all did. I'm not. <laughs> I made it. I got the flag. I did the surrender. Thank you. And <laughs> That's hilarious, yo. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. How often do you how often did y'all argue and fight? Oh, all the time. Like on At a least, daily basis, on a weekly basis? I would say I would say on a weekly basis. Um, I think maybe when I was probably in middle school, it was probably on a daily basis. <laughs> what kind probably of shit was y'all arguing over, yo? Everything. <laughs> we would argue over everything between, like, who ate my Popeye's cheesecake, which 100% is a real story. Who um, ate what? Women, women, women. Who ate your what? My, I had, I had, you remember when Popeye's used to have cheesecake? Yes. So I saved myself. A Popeye's cheesecake. Everyone else also had the same opportunity to save theirs for later. Hold on, hold that thought. I will say, growing up in Louisville, we didn't get a Popeye's until until like 2001 or something like that. It had to be. It wasn't. We didn't have a Popeye's like that long in our childhood. It wasn't until like 01, yeah. 02. I was in high school. Something like that. Okay. Actually, oh yeah. So it probably. Yeah. Damn. You're right. We so it wasn't until like 04 or 05 we didn't get a Popeye's. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we got the Popeyes in about 04 or 05. And so, so it's yeah, a that big deal. Popeyes cheesecake. Yes, it was Popeyes was a big deal when we got that shit in Louisville, y'all. It was yes. a big deal. Yes. Someone so ate, someone ate. took a spoonful out of my cheesecake. <laughs> so I'm walking through the house with my cheesecake in my hand, like who I'm ate my cheesecake? <laughs> yes, I was very upset and nobody owned up to it so I got pissed off and I'm like yelling and I ended up throwing it away because I mean you've ruined it and then come to find out it was actually Abria's friend <laughs> that ate it so at this point I'm definitely ready to fight because you don't even live here like <laughs> but wait a minute did Abria know that her friend took a spoonful of it she did and that was another <laughs> issue because it's like why are you lying for your friend I'm your sister like so now I want to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, but you threw the entire cheesecake away? I did. 
So you just said, fuck it. Someone took one spoon. I got to take, I got to throw the whole thing away. Because I'm upset. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a lot of woman energy in there. I don't know what I would have did in that household. Yo, I thought it was enough where I was, but adding on the extra. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because that is a woman thing to do where someone takes one spoonful out. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to throw this entire piece away. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I'm really, really big on honesty. Like I cannot stand, like, just be honest and don't try me. Like that, that's it. That's all. Just be honest and don't try me. I definitely know what you mean though, because y'all, I mean, it was three girls, but y'all was definitely some thugs. Yo, it's definitely some thugs. So I'm yeah. sure knowing them, I'm sure you was tough. Like you was tough, bro. Your mom, yeah. first of all, your mama wasn't no, wasn't playing around. Your mama wasn't fucking around. No. And your, <laughs> and your nope. sisters definitely was. <laughs> your nope. mama was not fucking around, y'all. Oh my gosh. I I being I'm norm, I'm used to being the only guy around a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. And so I know what that's like. I also know what it's like to live with four women and being the only guy and being with Ooh. four women. And while one is a uh, one is a teenager, one is a college student age, one's a mother and one's an auntie. And so we got all the different dynamics and different age ranges. Oh, Lord. And so for me, I'm over here thinking that's how I like all men are rage that's how we all are going through yeah. when I get older I'm like oh shit I'm I'm kind of unique I'm different than yeah most of these other men so and that's when I started thinking I'm like maybe that's why some of these people be like Will, Will's gay or whatever like I mean I it's silly or whatever but that's the time we grew up in so I kind of yeah. get it though I, I kind of get it because I understood women I knew yeah. like at an early it didn't take I didn't have to be 25 before I understood women like I understood women at 15. I understood it that I knew I would never understand women. I can Yeah. I under- you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> ahead of the curve. That's what it, you actually were raised at an advantage. Yeah. I, that's how that. I always think. I always think I was raised at an advantage being raised around women. Now there were certain things that it took me longer to know on the uh masculine side like yeah. how to how to change a tire and just different stuff like that. Or whatever but then when me and my father got close again it felt good when he was I remember my father showed me how to uh, change the oil of my car I was probably like 22 at the time but that shit mm-hmm. felt good I was so excited I yeah. was like this is so cool because I saw friends who was bonding with their father and doing that yeah. type of shit with their father so doing that I was so happy like when we got done I was like damn man this was thanks dad right. <laughs> <laughs> this was Thanks, Dad. Yeah, I felt like a, a 90s sitcom. It was like a yeah, a, a moment real. from Boy Meets World, a moment from Full House or some shit back in the day. But yeah. that felt good. But I definitely felt like I was always at an advantage growing up around uh growing up around women. That's just a different energy, man. Y'all are, woo, y'all are different, man. It's a lot more um, a lot more emotions. Not saying that that's bad or good. It's just an observation. It's a lot yeah. more emotions because especially men. We was taught back then not to have emotions and show emotions. And I just couldn't relate. I just always had feelings and I wanted to show my feelings. I wanted people to know my feelings and shit. So I got clowned for wanting to show my feelings, but 
I just always felt fine with with having the feelings. I didn't I didn't feel bad for crying or being hurt or my the only problem I had was when I was angry because when I was angry that's when I showed out. I was ready to mm-hmm. flip out on a nigga. And maybe yeah. that was maybe that was some uh some uh feminine energy that I had because when y'all get mad y'all be ready to ooh that's women mad is different yo yeah <laughs> they cut deep but men are like that too like true guys when they get mad you know when y'all get mad y'all want to fight and y'all say things too you know what you know what one thing I had one thing I learned and I'm so glad that I learned about five years ago probably when it comes to being in a relationship with a woman um arguing at least for arguing sake i learned that you can't argue with a woman the same way she argues with you because women will say some hurtful shit first of all in an argument women say some hurtful shit but a woman being like kind of standing up and showing her aggression is different than a man standing up and showing his aggression yeah. because because you can do that, but I don't feel like if you get if you if your ass gets up and does all this extra shit around me, I don't feel like my life is in danger or that you might yeah. really hurt me. But if I literally do the same exact thing that you do, you may feel like oh shit, this nigga might hit me. Like and that's different than if you hit me and I hit you. So I had to learn that I can't give you the same energy you give me. Um, is that fair? Who? It doesn't fucking matter if it's fair or not. And that's what that's where it annoys me when I see these young niggas on social on Twitter arguing like, well, when women argue, women think they can hit you, blah blah blah. But yeah, like yes, it's wrong. A woman shouldn't put her hands on you. But oh, uh, if you if you smack me or punch me, it's not the same thing as if I smack you or punch you. That's two totally different things. So I had to learn, you can't, art, not saying, hold on, not saying that I was smacking and punching women when I was getting in arguments, y'all. Yeah, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I'm there, but I'm with you, I'm I, just, you. I just gotta clear that up, it's 2020, just gotta clear that yeah. up. Yeah. But, but I can't give you the same energy you give me. It's totally different because you may, my energy might make you shut down and feel nervous or scared or something and no, there have been times I will say that I've been in an argument with a woman and I felt a little, a little scared. Like I felt a, that's I, what I was gonna say. <laughs> but going back to the fact that I was raised uh, as a little boy, yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly, I don't believe in arguing. Is you yeah. probably will never see me arguing because of that because if I get to the point to where I feel like I have to argue with you I'm going to give off a lot of testosterone (laughs) because I've it takes a lot of levels for me to get there you know and April always says that I think it's so funny when you get mad Ashley because you don't get mad and when you get mad it's just like a different person like you kind of turn into me you know (laughs) so I do not argue I I'm not gonna I feel like if there's something that needs to be said if we are so, if our emotions are just so amplified to where we can't say it in a manner to where we're not putting each other down, we're not screaming at each other, we're not even thinking about putting your hands on someone, then it doesn't need to be have. Come back to it later. Like, yeah. I do not put my hands on men at all because I was yeah. always taught if you hit somebody, be ready for them to hit you back. To hit and you I think back, that, yeah. goes, that goes both ways. Females should not be hitting guys 
and guys should not be hitting females like at all yeah. don't scream at each other don't or even just if it's not a romantic relationship like friendships or relationships with my mom or family like those are relationships too yeah like don't argue I'm not, I'm not I can't I cannot argue it doesn't make me physically feel good and it's going to be bad for both parties because I'm not even listening to what you're saying and I just want to yeah. fight right and you know what that takes me back to you saying that I'm not listening to what you're saying when I was in uh, college one of my professors told me he was like when people are arguing especially specifically when you're in a relationship with someone you're arguing it turns into like it's two TVs turned up to max volume on different channels facing each other and he's like, one one cha- one TV is on a basketball game and the other TV is on a movie like Home Alone or something. And they're just both loud and going and you don't know what the other person is saying. And that's what yeah. arguments become. And I've always kept that in the back of my head. And it frustrates me because people that I care about, if they get to that point where they're yelling and cussing and arguing, I end up reflecting that same energy. So it's almost like, I've always been that person where whoever I'm dating at that time, I'm going to reflect their energy when it comes to the uh, disagreements and arguments. And it sucks because people who I care about, they may look at me as Will is emotional, will argue, but that's because you took me there. I'm actually the person that's like, let's not talk about this right now. Let's not do this because we're just going to yell and argue over one another. We're going to cuss each other out. Um, my, that same professor told me, he said, the problem is that when you start arguing, you don't stick to the argument at hand. You bring mm-hmm. up other stuff that has nothing to do with this argument. And now you bring up this and that's going to send the other person to another level. Like yeah. you're arguing, you're arguing about you didn't bring me lunch today or something like that. And now I bring up, well, you keep the shower curtain open. And I'm always pissed about that. You didn't do mm-hmm. this last Tuesday. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Why didn't you bring this up to me last week or two months ago? Yeah, you didn't hold yeah. on to this shit. Uh-huh. And, and that's just what happens or whatever. So I always try to not argue or not talk about it when we are both on 10. Because we're not going to hear each other. We're going to say shit that we wish we didn't say. And now where are we? Now someone's got to be the bigger person to say, hey, can we talk about what happened last night? And you know, people people want to say they're the bigger person, but most of us ain't really trying to be the bigger person. People, I've seen that people are fine with um, allowing a relationship to just dwindle over some comments made in an argument that really didn't mean nothing, to be honest. And people are are so scared to show their, to be vulnerable. People are so scared to be vulnerable that they're willing to let a relationship just dissolve and flow away like it never happened because I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to apologize. I don't want to be self-aware of my feelings or, or whatever. So I try my best, my best not to argue, but the women in my life that I care for, if they're arguing, my ass will fall right into it. And I hate when I do that. So that's yeah. one thing I've worked on. That's definitely one thing I worked on. Shout yeah. out to you to not being so quick to your emotions. Well, I used to be. I had to learn not to be. Um, and now, you know, I have some people that still like to argue, but 
I just basically tell them like, you're not going to, you don't allow to, you're not allowed to get me to that point. Like you don't have that much authority over my emotions to where you can trigger me to even go there. So if you can't speak to me without screaming, if you can't speak to me and be frustrated and not yell or call me names or or speak down to me, then we're just not going to speak. And we could either one, not have the conversation at all, or two, you can call me back when you're able to talk without all of the extra emotion. And we're all over, you know, we're at an age to where we should be able to be frustrated and still convey our feelings in a way that you're not, you know, being rude and nasty. Because one, I can go there and I will win, (laughs) but I don't want to. Like, I don't, you don't get to do that anymore. So, you know, sometimes people get upset with you even responding that way. Like, why are you calm? What do you mean you're not going to argue with me? You know, but. Oh, people hate when you're calm and they are on a hundred that they hate that. Yeah. And sometimes you have to remind people multiple times. There have been people that I love that are close to me that I've had to remind, you know, multiple times. I'm not going to go there with you. Like, I'm just not. Yeah. So. And, you know, I want to make sure that you understand that I am not trying to do X, Y, and Z. So if you keep trying to go to X, Y, and Z, uh-huh. then we're, this is just going to end right here. But I, I never want to be, if I ever date again, because <laughs> I'm very comfortable <laughs> where I am right now. <laughs> Yo, um, you I are wanna, young as hell. Your ass is going to be dating again. I'm so comfortable, Will. You have no idea. No, I believe you. I get it. No, I totally believe you. I'm not going to act like I know what you're going through because I ain't got no kids. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's very different. I get yeah. it. But I also know that we say one thing at 25, 27, 30, whatever. And you you get another experience. You meet somebody. You realize like, damn, this person is dope as hell. Let me. So like, you just never know what's so. going to happen. And normally, and I will say, all my blessings in my life, I will say, have been unexpected all the biggest blessings in my life every all the greatest things that have happened to me has been something that I was not expecting everything that I was trying to everything that I was expecting and working and working towards to a lot of times I feel like it didn't align with God align with the universe (laughs) was trying to do and when I least expected something bam there it goes like the best jobs in my life um, the best relationships. When I say relationships, I'm talking about friends, not yeah, um, wife or yeah, not romantic or anything like that, but just friends. Now I'm waiting for that unexpected romantic because I'm tired of these situationships and these <laughs> and these six month relationships and shit. But yeah, the, the best blessings have come out of nowhere. Like just the every job that I've gotten, legit. Not even gonna lie, every job that I've gotten since undergrad has come unexpectedly. Was oh, something that's so that nice. I was was something that I didn't know that was gonna come. And it most of the time it came from a time where came from a period where it was kind of dark, a period that I was like struggling or stressed out and really kind of was ready to give up. And something uh-huh. I don't know why, but something just in me kept pushing me and kept making me to keep going and I would tell myself I would try to it's like I was like we said earlier our mind is our worst enemy 
where I was trying to convince myself like, man, shit ain't gonna work, bro. Just give up, blah, 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 this, this, that, whatever. But somehow, for some reason, I would just keep working, keep going, keep applying for jobs, keep going to work every single day, keep yeah. just having a good relationship with a supervisor or a boss or whatever. And so everything came from, uh, hey, Will, I got your contact from someone I used to work with. They said that you would be great for this position. Uh, you should apply, blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, Will, this job is open. I think you'd be great for it. Apply for it. And I bet you will get an interview and just something like that. Like biggest blessings come from on a Thursday, I get denied something and then I'm stressed out. Like, how am I going to pay these bills yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And then Friday I get a call for an interview. Like, no yeah. lie. I remember when, when I, when I graduated from grad school, I was working at enterprise and I ended up hating that job after a while. Cause first of all, I had a master's degree. And they had cut my hours from 40 to 35 to 30 to 18. And I'm like, and then my roommate at the time, he comes in my, uh, comes into the apartment on a Friday talking about, uh, and it's like towards the end of the month, say it's the 28th or the 27th. And he's like, hey, just letting you know, I'm moving out on the 30th. I'm like, so you're not paying rent for next month? Oh, no, nah, I'm moving out. I'm like, bro, you waited three days before rent's due? And oh, so wow. like shit's hitting the fan. I'm so fucking stressed yeah. out. And then, and shit, I, this is not, yeah, this is no lie. I was work, like I said, I was working at Enterprise and I had an interview at Florida State. So this was, I, it was right before Thanksgiving. So actually I had never even flown by myself anywhere. I was so nervous and scared to fly as well. But I wasn't showing that to nobody. But deep inside, I was so scared. Uh, and I, I was also scared because I'm like, bro, I'm going to Florida by myself. But I, I kept telling myself, you're not getting this job. Like, you're not going to. There's no way you're going to live outside of Kentucky or Indiana or Tennessee. Like, who, who do you <laughs> think you are? Like, who do you think you are to move that far away from everybody you know? So I had to drive because I was in Bowling Green at the time. So I ain't no fucking airport in Bowling yeah. Green. So I had to, I drove to Nashville. My father lived in Nashville at the time. So I drove to Nashville, stayed at his apartment the night before my flight. And the whole time he's just making me feel like I'm like, I'm the shit. Just, just the fact that I have an interview at Florida State. Like yeah. the, the fact that I've graduated from college and I have an interview and it's I'm big still deal. trying to, right. And so I'm, but I'm still trying to convince myself, like, that's where your mind's your worst enemy. I'm still convincing myself, you ain't going to get this, bro. Like, you're going to be here. You'll find a job in Kentucky. You ain't going to move away. So my father's excited. I would hear, I'm on the couch. I'm going to hear him on the phone. Yeah, I got to take my son to the airport. He's going to get this job at Florida State. He's got a master's degree. Aww. He's the first, he's the first man, the first man in the family to have a degree, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, damn, this, like you said earlier, that's a lot of pressure. You put black women on, you put me on a pedestal. I'm like, shit. But I'm still trying to convince myself, just go through with it, but you're not going to get the job. I'm nervous the whole time. We get to the airport like three hours early or whatever. And then we sit there for two hours just waiting. So I'm pacing, walking around and shit. He keeps trying to take pictures because my father is a big, picture person I'm a whole lot like my father when we talk about feminine energy and masculine energy I'm like my father uh -huh. he, he's got incense candles R&B music all that shit or whatever he was definitely yeah. a little bit tougher he was definitely a little bit tougher than me but whatever <laughs> so 
fly to Florida State, get the interview, blah, blah, blah. I'm still telling myself when I get back on the way back to uh to uh Kentucky, to Bullock, to Nashville, that whatever, I'm probably not gonna get the job. But had the interview all day, come back or whatnot. Nigga, the day that I come back, I came to work, they fired me. He fired me because he said that basically he said I didn't tell him I was going for an interview at Florida State. I, in my head, I'm like, nigga, I got a master's degree. To. You, you, you cut my hours from 40 to 18. Well, I'm supposed to tell you I got an interview? Fuck you. So You do not have to tell him that. <laughs> like, bro, because, and the funny thing is, I had interviewed for an enterprise for a, a assistant manager, uh, for the manager and trainee program, but they didn't give me the job because they said that I was overqualified. So then they tell me I'm overqualified. Then this nigga fires me. I'm pissed off. And so then I'm like, what the fuck? My roommate just moved out. And then I got to pay his half of the rent. What the fuck am I going to do? I humbled myself, took my ass to the unemployment office. I went to the unemployment office. You you know how low I felt of myself? I felt like such a bum. Like, I'm like, I got a master's degree. Yeah. And I'm walking into the unemployment office. But by that time, I'm like, whatever. Life yeah. is rough. I was like, whatever. Life is rough. You just got to do what you got to do. So I go into the unemployment office. The lady sitting here looking at my resume. This is a good resume. Why are you here? I'm like, well, because everybody's telling me I'm overqualified and I can't get a job and I keep get, I got fired. She said, well, she gave me, so I first got a job uh, at, it's called Houchins Industries. Anyone in Bowling Green knows Houchins. They own like a lot of different businesses in Bowling Green, basically. Some family that owns everything. So I'm just in like there some office filling envelopes. Uh, wait a minute, side note. How do you pronounce envelopes? Because my students be clowning me because sometimes I say envelopes. Do you say envelopes? Envelope or envelope? See, they clown because I say envelope, and my students said, "Will envelope is something you do? You envelop something. Yeah. You don't fill an envelope." I said, oh, so envelope said, that's better. I'm like, you know what? You 20. Don't be talking to me like that. But it depends on who I'm speaking to. <laughs> yeah. It, it might just depend on the day. I might say envelope, yeah. envelope. Like, it just depends. Anywho. So I'm in there stacking, uh, filling envelopes, <laughs> filling it. And someone comes into the office and was like, um, is there a Will Thomas here? You have a phone call. I'm like, who the fuck knows I'm here? Like, so I go on the phone and it's the woman from the unemployment office. She said, Will, hey, um, your resume was so good. You don't need to be there just filling envelopes and taking phone calls. I got a job at the uh, Fruit of the Loom headquarters because, you know, the Fruit of the Loom headquarters is in Bowling Green. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, fun fact, Bowling Green, Fruit of the Loom headquarters is there and uh, Corvette Museum is there and the Corvette factory where all the new Corvettes are made in Bowling Green. Like oh, I didn't know made, that. Yeah. So when I work, actually, when I worked at Enterprise, um, so we used to have to, uh, we would pick up people or when they would drop off cars, we would take them to whatever their destination was. So you would talk to people. And so one day, this uh, these two brothers, twin, uh, no, brothers, they drove from Texas, actually. They drove from somewhere in Texas. I think it was from um, where, um, shit, where is that in Texas? where Texas A&M is, College Station, College Station. So mm -hmm. they drove from College Station to Bowling Green, Kentucky. And they was like, yeah, my brother, he was like, my brother just got a car built 
and we're going to drive it back to Texas. I said, wait a minute. He just got it built like brand new. So yeah, we just got it built here and we're going to drive it back to Texas. I'm like, that's dope as shit. Yeah. But, um, but anywho, so where was I in this story? Cause I keep going. Um, they called you and said you had a phone call and you were going to put a loop. Thank you. Shout out. You look, you know what? Shout out to you. So <laughs> she said, we got a job for you at Fruit of the Loom. Uh, just come here tomorrow morning. I was like, oh yeah, that's what's up. Because at this job, I was making uh, $8 an hour. And then at this job, I was going to be making eleven fifty an hour. So I was like, yeah, bet, whatever. But you know, unemployment, they take a little extra out your check or whatever, but still it's more. So I'm like, bet, what time? She said, be there at 6 a.m. I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, be there at six and it's a and it's a 20 minute drive. Like, God dang. But whatever. So I did that job for about two months. And I within a week of me working that job, they called me back from Florida State. Matter of fact, I got two job offers. They uh Parks and Recreation in Bowling Green had called me. Uh first, no, first Florida State called me to offer me the job there. And I accepted it, signed my contract and everything. And the day mm-hmm. that I signed my contract and put it in the mail, um, Parks and Recreation in Bowling Green called me to uh, offer me a job. But before, funny thing is before they had told me I didn't get the job, but now they was calling me because they said the person that gave the job ended up backing out and getting another job. And it felt so good for me to say, actually, I got a job in uh, Florida. Found employment elsewhere. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm moving to Florida or whatever. So that felt mm-hmm. good. But I, that entire story, I say that because every blessing in my life has come from a time where I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I may have been working towards it. And yeah, yeah. I may have been trying to, I kept trying to convince myself on the, on the contrary that it wasn't going to work. That, hey, like, might as well give up. But even when I'm telling myself to give up, for some reason, I don't, it's something in me that I just keep going. I'm saying, fuck it. I just keep going or whatever. And I got that job. Like, to be honest, the only reason why I'm in Atlanta now is because, wait a minute, do you feel like hearing another story? I have about 10 more minutes and I got to go because I got to meet the boys dad. Okay. Two minute story. We're going to have a two minute okay. story. So then I can have about three minutes for you. Two minute stories, okay. so we have three minutes for you. So, um, oh, okay. So in undergrad, I I had some people over in my dorm room. We was drunk, having a party or whatever, and these girls just started flipping out, drunk as hell. They was throwing water in my bathroom, messing like trash in my bathroom. And I oh told goodness. them, yeah. And I go in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are y'all doing? And so everybody's drunk. So of course I was a little more aggressive, but they was hella aggressive. I was like, yo, what the fuck are y'all doing? Quit trash in my bathroom. It was like, fuck you, nigga. We do what we want to do. And they just threw water in my face. And just, I was like, get the fuck oh out of my gosh, room. So disrespectful. <laughs> bruh. So I'm just, bruh, no lie. They just threw water in my face. I'm like, bruh, this is so disrespectful. So I'm like, get the fuck out of my dorm room. And they was like, no, fuck you, nigga. One chick, someone had like some paint and stuff around. One chick p- picked up a thin ass paintbrush. I was like, I'll stab you, motherfucker. I was like, oh my gosh. So we had sweet mates at the time where we shared a bathroom with the other ones. They heard her and they kind of like pulled them into the room to calm everything down, got them to leave. She comes down, 15 minutes. We're sitting there talking about, I can't believe what happened in my dorm room. We didn't close our uh, bathroom door or whatever from the suite, from uh, our uh, sweet mates. 
the two chicks come running back in with the paintbrush. No, nigga, fuck you. And trying to hold them back, whatever. People oh drunk, people gosh. crazy. A lot of shit happened. I ended up getting in trouble for having alcohol in my room. Had to go to this little alcohol class or whatever and stuff. And I got put on like probation where I couldn't get a job on campus for an entire year. For an entire year. So I've been applying for jobs, applying for jobs, but I couldn't get one. So as soon as that shit was up a year later, applied for a job got this job right on campus and i remember my supervisor there i would tell her i was like you you know i've always just wanted to work at the gym i don't know why i've always wanted to work at the gym on campus she's like well you know my niece works there let me call her and so the only reason i got the job at the gym on campus was because i got in all that trouble with those chicks or whatever yeah and then the only reason i got that job at florida state was because my director where i worked at the gym was like hey do you all need, uh, does anyone need a grad assistant position? I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go to grad school. I need one. She said, well, I got a friend that works at the student center and I think you'll be great for it. If you just don't fuck up the interview, you probably will get the position. I ended up getting that position. The woman who hired me ended up getting a job at Florida State. And then she was there for a little bit. She was like, you'll be great for this position and hired me at Florida State or whatnot. So it's just funny. And then the only reason I got the position here in Atlanta is because I was at Florida State. So it's just wild to look all the way back that yeah. I would have never even, I would have never got any of those jobs if it wasn't for that chick trying to stab me with a- With, with a, a paintbrush. <laughs> that is wild. Bro, I'll never forget that. My mama, I remember calling my sister at like three in the morning. I'm drunk, I'm tired. Soon as I called, she answered, what's wrong? And I just, I was like, oh shit. I just told her. And she was like, we on our way. I said, do not drive all the way to Bowling Green at three o'clock in the morning, you good. And she was, she, I think she had just graduated from uh, Fisk. So she was back home and she walked mm -hmm. into my mama's room and she, I remember hearing her say, mama, mama. And my mother woke up. The first thing she said was, what's wrong with Will? That's why I put black women on a pedestal. Cause my mama, the, my sister, first thing she says is what's wrong. First thing my mama says is what's wrong with Will? So it's that's intuition. What, <laughs> I was like, I was because I could hear her in the background. What's wrong with Will? And they got to uh they ended up, I was like, don't come. They said we're gonna be there first thing in the morning. They asses got there at seven o'clock in the morning trying to figure out what we gonna do or whatever. But if that never would have happened, where mm -hmm. yes, I was in the wrong having alcohol in my dorm room and all of that and shit, but if that would never would have happened, I legit would not be here today. Shit, recording yeah. this podcast, recording this podcast. So it's just, I say all that to say, I said it in a long ass story and it all came from being single, but you just don't know, man. Like my, 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 these blessings have come from an unexpected place and yeah, it's just wild amazing. to go back and see it. So when I, when you just in a dark place or not even, it don't even have to be a dark place when you just don't think something's going to come or you're not looking for it, that shit pop up. Guys just like, yo, you got to, you got to do your part though. Like you, yeah. you have to, God looks at us like faith without works. People forget about that works part. We always yeah. talk about, we also have faith, but God's like, yeah, have faith, but also put in work, bro. So yeah. as long as you're doing your part and doing your part is just working on yourself and being happy and enjoying life, you know, like yeah. some dope shit comes up out of nowhere. And I talk a lot. So I said a whole long story to know. get there. Let's We'll see. I think um, 
I do. I, I don't want to say, hold on, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but I don't want to say it's like, no, you need to be looking for somebody. I'm not saying all that. Yeah. I'm just saying that unexpected shit comes out of nowhere all the time, which is dope. Yeah, I'm I'm very content. And if it is going to, it would have to be unexpected because I'm not working towards it or anything. I'm, j- I'm yeah. hoping I'll be open for some unexpectedness in about two years. So, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I've put that I've I've let the universe and I've talked to God about it. Like, well, you you know me. Like, if anything were to happen before, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Just... I, I think it's just hilarious talking to God and be like, "Yo, you know me, God. Like, you know me. Like, yeah, I love like you know. talking to God. You know me, God. <laughs> Come on, you know how I do. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> Come on, God. You know me. That's what's up. Shout out. Oh, Honestly, one more question. So, he, one more question. Though. He knows. He knows. I'm, I'm gonna fumble the bag. <laughs> <laughs> one more question, though. Um, you can hear me, right? Because you keep freezing down. Oh yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Random question. If you had to start okay. a secret, if you had to start a secret society. What would that secret society be? Ooh, wait, do I have superpowers? Whatever you want this context to be, it can be that. If I had to start a secret society, it would be, ooh, this is huge. Okay. (laughs) It would be like a secret society that could like somehow figure out the ocean you know, like we somehow had some type of communication with the animals in the ocean to where we can go deeper than what other people have already figured out and go and see what's all going on down there. But they would be nice to us because we were friends with them and they wouldn't try to kill us. You really are a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You really are a nerd, yo. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the ocean is amazing. It's a mystery, and there's got to be some wild shit down there. Okay. I mean, you know, you damn right. I totally believe you, because there's a certain level of the ocean we have never gotten to. So yeah. there's some wild shit down there, bro. Yes, and I love swimming. I love like mermaids and water and all that stuff. That would be perfect. You would never see me again. <laughs> so actually branching from that then, mm-hmm. what conspiracies do you believe? Do you believe in the conspiracies? Yes. What conspiracies do you believe? Um, let's go with the simple one, like aliens. I, that was my first one too. Like I used to be someone that didn't believe it, but I don't know. I think aliens is out there, yo. 100%. Yeah. I totally believe there's aliens out there. I agree with you, yo. There's aliens out there, and she's going to build a secret society to get to the bottom of the ocean. You are really a nerd, yo. Like, early on, I was trying to be like, she's tripping. She ain't no damn nerd. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yo, I mean, you know, once we make it down there, don't try to call and get a ticket. <laughs> like, oh, Ash, I heard you made it. Can you bring me? Like, nah. <laughs> now, remember when your ass said that I was a nerd. 
Don't come down here now, nigga. We down here chilling. Right we now, down... you want to see what's going on down here? No. Nope. No cameras. No cameras or nothing down here either. Damn, you right. Damn. That would be amazing. Um, We got to do a, a, a part two of this. It's been fun. It was a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. I'm down. It was a lot of fun. Um, The nerdy. <laughs> um, see, I like now, to end... now what? Now I'm going to go back in my, my little hole. <laughs> and be a nerd all by yourself. Hey, it's 2020. Nerdy is the top content these days. Nerdy is what's in. Like, nerdy Honestly, is winning. All of my friends are, like, the same, so it's okay. Um. Oh, you mentioned Imani earlier. Shout out to Imani, the homie. She's out Be there hopeless the romantic on Instagram. The, the hopeless, <laughs> right, hopeless romantic. Shout out to her. Um, she's doing dope things. I, I don't know. Is she nerdy? Is she very smart? Yes. Does but she have? She's not nerdy though. Nerdy. Imani I mean, got her probably, popping, bro. <laughs> Imani is like she's a very multidimensional person. Like, there's a lot of layers to Imani. I think that's we why gotta, she's my best friend. Yeah, we got to get her on here. It can be us three. Do a little uh, pot one day. That would probably be hilarious. Yeah, I think so. That yeah, would be. That would be hilarious. Um. Okay, so I like to end the pot off with uh, something kind of inspirational, something positive, just something unique or cool to say from the guests. Like, what's something you got to say for the culture? Something positive? It could be something inspirational, something unique we don't know. It can be anything, yo. I mean, as we found out, you're nerdy, so you can give us a nerd fact. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I'm not gonna do that. I want to be cool. Um, let's see. I guess I would just say, end every day on a grateful note, and Wait know a that. Hold on, hold on. Say it again. You You're, uh, it, and you say it again. Get started. Say oh. it again. It was cutting in and out. Oh, I would say just end every day on a grateful note, and begin every day on a grateful note. And remember that when you wake up, it's a new day. End every day on a grateful note. Begin every day on a grateful note. And when you wake up, remember it's a new day. Yeah, so don't dwell on yesterday or tomorrow. Just focus on today. Shout out. That's dope. Um, we'll do this again soon. I appreciate you, Queen. Um, you're still dope as ever, but you're just dope on another level. And, Thank you. Um, just know I appreciate you. Um, I enjoy your social media. I think it's entertaining. Um, it's not just a pretty face. You provide us with some fun facts, um, dancing, music, uh, <laughs> goofiness, and um, not just a pretty face, but a beautiful face. Pretty only lasts oh, so long. You. Pretty only lasts so long. Beauty is forever. So. Um, Keep being dope. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, love to you. you Always. Know it. It's all love here. West End's the best end. You, know <laughs> you already know West End <laughs> the best end. We out here. Um, I love you, my nigga. You keep doing what you do, and we'll do this again soon, yo. Thank you for having me.
You know, it's been another hour, been another hour of the chicken and liquor hour. Y'all be blessed. Y'all be safe. Uh, Miss Ashley, you stay dope. Uh, love y'all. Peace out. Bye.